Pledge your support to survivors of sexual assault and abuse while exercising your pup during the third annual Puppy Parade hosted by Dial Help. We do this event every year as a part of Sexual Assault Awareness Month. It's a great chance to show your support, gain more personal awareness on the topic, and meet wonderful Copper Country puppers. This event is Wednesday, April 26, 5.30 to 7.30 at Quincy Green in downtown Hancock. Learn more about the event and about Sexual Assault Awareness Month at dialhelp.org. Welcome once again to Copper Country Today. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation, and you can find out more about them at phfgive.org. Well, it's pothole season, and it's orange cone season, and there's a lot of road construction planned in Houghton County in particular over the next few months. So I thought it'd be good to catch up with Kevin Haru, who runs the Houghton County Road Commission, and uh, see exactly what we have planned, and also maybe clarify as to who's responsible for what when it comes to our local roads. So, Kevin, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's start with the who's responsible for what, because I every once in a while I see people showing up at county board meetings complaining about their roads, and the county board members explain that they're not responsible for roads, and the people who are complaining are thinking, oh, yeah, they're just kind of sloughing this off here. But county boards are not responsible for roads, are they? That's correct. We're, the road commission is a separate legal entity from the county board. Um, the only relationship that the road commission board has with the county board is the county board appoints um, the road commission board members. And your funding comes from? Primarily the uh, gas tax. Okay. So if people have issues with roads, they need to, you'll love this, they need to bring them to your board. That is that is correct. Or, you know, call our office. Um, typically, we can answer their questions just over the phone or if they want to stop by. Yeah. And then there's a difference between county roads and township roads. What? How does that work out? So the townships actually can't own roads. So they are all road commission. The local roads are, you know, under the jurisdiction of the road commission. Um, what happens with the townships being involved, um, Act 51 is the, the way that the uh, gas tax is distributed to all the road commissions in the MDOT. Um, and it specifically states if we improve a local road that we need a, another source. We only can spend up to 50% of that improvement. So that's when the townships typically come in and they use their road millage to help assist in those repairs. Okay, so if I live in the township and my road is not in very good shape, it's not just up to you as to whether it's going to be fixed. I have to go to my township board too. That is correct. Okay, so we've got that level. And then, of course, there are state highways, which the state maintains, US 41, M28, those, those kind of things. They're not part of your jurisdiction. That is correct, yeah. Okay, so the money comes in. Now, we did allocate through Houghton County a while back. There was an offer made to townships for some matching funds for road improvements. Came from the American Rescue Plan Act funds, as I recall. Have townships taken uh, the county up on this? Yeah, majority of the townships have taken us up on that. that. Um, this summer alone, we'll have over a million dollars worth of uh, work with the townships using the ARPA funds. Um, so it's been a really good program. Now, that sounds impressive, a million dollars worth of work, until you look at the cost of doing some of this work. Paving is phenomenally expensive now. That To do, do about a mile of road, of paved road, is about $300,000 now. And that's, that's not rebuilding the hole underneath, I suspect. That's just kind of resurfacing? 
doing a little base correction and resurfacing, but nothing really extensive. Yeah, so you're talking a whole lot of money to do not a whole lot of road. Um, and people are wondering, I suppose, you know, why their roads don't get done in some cases. It's because we need a whole lot more money. That's correct. Um, we're fortunate that a lot of the uh, townships have their own road millages, and, and that's very helpful to get some of these local roads fixed. Yeah, the um, load limits are still up. Let's uh, talk about them a little bit, uh, if we can, because they've been up since, well, they went up and then they came down. Because yeah. because we had, uh, how did this weird winter affect our roads? Did it was it different than other winters? Yeah, this is this winter. We had a lot of freeze thaw cycles throughout the winter, and then we had that real quick thaw, and then you know currently we just had a fast thaw. Um, the gravel roads um, are really being harmed by this the way the frost is coming out. Um, we've had several roads that are nearly impassable where we've actually had to bring in a bulldozer and, and push like one lane with large three-inch mine rock in it just to get the residents in and out. So it's been frustrating for um, the road commission and the and the public because, you know, just getting to and from their homes is a challenge in this type of weather. Yeah, it, and that is because we had this, this kind of, I call it a thin winter where temperatures never got really, really deeply cold. It just kind of hovered around freezing for a lot of the time. That frost really didn't set in like it usually does. Yeah, typically we see, you know, frost down 70 inches plus sometimes. I mean, there were areas in the frost tubes that we have access to that were just over three feet deep. So the frost line, you know, didn't go as deep as normal. And explain to folks who are not familiar with why we need these road restrictions in the spring. What what benefit do they provide? Well, it helps protect the, the road pavement. Um, when everything's thawing like this, you get a big layer of water underneath the blacktop and gravel, um, and it can't, cannot support the heavy loads of, you know, say 160,000 pounds. Um, so we reduce the, what they're allowed to carry by 35%, which, you know, takes some of the stress off the roads. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who think those roads are just rock solid all the time, but I, I have stood by roads and watched trucks go by during the spring and seen the pavement bend under the tires. Pavement doesn't hold up to that for very long. No, it doesn't. And a lot of times it just makes small, real um, cracks that you can't hardly see. And over the years, then it allows more and more water in. And then the freeze-thaw freeze cycle even gets worse in those sections. Yeah, sometimes I th- I'm a little envious of states down south that don't have to deal with this. I've made trips down south in the past and seen roads that are 20 years old that look uh, pretty darn fine down there because they never go through this. But yeah, that's correct. It, it's it's you know really damages the roads. It's probably one of the worst things for the roads is that freeze thaw cycle. You know, it doesn't like to move around that way. And of course, that's what brings us uh, muddy gravel roads that you talked about and potholes in our paved roads that uh, we don't like to see or deal with either. That's correct. Um, and it's difficult this time of year. It's hard to keep the water out of those potholes. So it's hard to keep, keep the patch material to stay in the holes, especially on the high traffic roads. I mean, sometimes our employees are just finishing up, f- filling all the potholes. And by the next day, you could hardly tell you were there. Yeah, that cold patch that you have to use this time of year in, in many cases that uh, sometimes snow plows rip it right back out that's that's correct if we have a snow event that happens a lot um, and just the traffic from the tires you know bouncing through them yeah it's and obviously you want to get out there and put the roads back as good as you can but it's got to be frustrating when you have to go back next week and the week after and do it again 
Yes, and like a lot of the repairs, even when load restrictions are on, like they currently are, um, we have to follow those rules also. So when we have to haul um, cold patch or gravel to repair a road. Um, we have to reduce our loads also, so we're underneath the same rules and regulations. Yeah, and those rules and regulations, um, I know that uh, it affects our logging industry a lot because they want to be moving timber at this point, and they either can't move it or have to move a lot less of it. I was driving to Chicago this past weekend and saw lots of stacks of timber along US-141 that I assume are waiting until the load restrictions come off. How do these loggers and some of these other carriers and such, how do they deal with it, and do they understand why this is needed? Yes, we're in, we're in contact with the timber industry quite a bit. Um, we understand what it does for their industry. Um, we try to work with them on gravel roads. Um, a lot of times they'll bond those roads in case there's damage. They'll regrade the road when they're done. Um, and a lot of the uh, timber industry, they'll move to all-season roads um, where there are no load restrictions on those. Just they can haul normal legal loads. Um, and they plan for it, um, a majority of them. They know it's coming. It's not a surprise. That's correct. They're usually calling us probably a week and a half to two weeks before we're, we are even considering putting restrictions on because they know they're coming. And, you know, tip, typically they're the first or second week of March they go on. This year we had an extremely warm weekend in February where we had to put them on for a while until we had a good refreeze. Was that refreeze enough? Uh, that kind of surprised me that you lifted them back off after that, after after that refreeze. I thought maybe that hadn't been enough, but uh, was that enough to restabilize the beds for a while? Yes. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize, you, one day of, say, 20-degree weather um, does not refreeze the roads. It takes several, and that's why there were several days in there from when we implemented them and then when we took them off. Um, to allow that refreeze long enough so everything froze up again. All right. Kevin Haru is uh, with the Holton County Road Commission. We're talking roads during pothole and construction season here. Uh, if somebody has a road issue, what should they do about it? How do they let you know? They can call us at, at our Ripley office. The number is 482-3600 and let us know. Um, if there's any type of an emergency that's after hours when our office is closed, um, they can and it, they can dial nine one one and we'll be dispatched through nine one one. Okay, and that having been said, with conditions such as they are, what you can do is perhaps somewhat limited for the next few weeks. That's correct. You know, especially like the gravel roads. Um, if we send our heavy equipment out there, we'll actually make the road worse because it pumps the water up to the surface and turns the you know the surface of the gravel road almost into a jello consistency, which um, is not good for the road at all. Um, so we try to keep them as good as we can to get it till we get to dry season and then we can address those bad areas. Now the recent uh, snow melt that we've had, the, the quick snow melt with the warm spell that we had uh, a couple of weeks ago, has that had an additional negative effect on some of our roads? Yes, it, it sat, really saturated a lot of the road bases. Um, our estimate with the well, the, the disaster that was declared, we, we probably have about a million and a half to two million dollars worth of damage that'll have to be fixed this summer. Wow, and that goes on top of all of the things that you had normally planned. Yes, yes, and believe it or not, we still have two large projects that are going to be worked on this summer from the Father's Day flood back in 2018. So 
this is just complicating things a little more. The wheels do move slowly, don't they? Sometimes. Well, that's correct, and it and it's it's frustrating because you know there's a lot of uh, paperwork involved in trying to get funding for you know these flood damage areas. Um, for example, we submitted for reimbursement on a project that was completed in July of last year, and we have yet to be reimbursed for it. That crimps your budget. That's correct. Our operating budget um, gets really strained at this time because, especially if we have to hire a contractor to do some of the work, of course, they expect to be paid when they're completed. Sure. Um, and, and ideally, you do too. But the state doesn't always work that way. That's correct. The, uh, the reimbursement process on, with um, FEMA projects, are, it's, it's frustrating. At times, how do you deal with that? Because you've got expenses, you have employees to pay, you have—I'm uh, I'm assuming the price of fuel for your vehicles has gone up commensurate to what's gone up for everybody else. Yes, for the Father's Day flood, we actually took a loan out for four million dollars to just keep our cash flow rolling. Um, we have since paid that loan off, so now we're just in contact a lot and continually with the state to try to get our reimbursement, you know, advance as fast as we can. How has this inflationary period affected the road commission? You have big trucks. They suck a lot of fuel. I'm sure I've seen the diesel fuel prices. They're sky high. It's an average day. Some of our plow trucks will go through 80 plus gallons of diesel fuel. Um, it's very expensive. We have 10 graders in our fleet, and the current price for a, a grader, as you see it driving down the road, is uh, slightly over $500,000 now. So um, we haven't replaced any graders in quite a few years now, just for that reason, um, until we find another funding source. Your funding, as you mentioned, comes primarily from the gas tax. Um, that's an issue in Lansing at this point. They were talking about maybe suspending it because of high gas prices. That never really happened. But they're talking also about having to redo this funding because electric vehicles, as they become more common, don't pay gas tax. Are you getting enough from the state? And are you and maybe the organization, I know there's a, a Michigan a, a organization of county road commissions, are you talking with the folks in Lansing saying, hey, we need more money, we need a better source? Yeah, the county road association um, that represents all 83 road agencies County Road Commission, um, they they have been actively meeting to address the electric car issue. Um, the, their solution with legislators haven't been, hasn't been finalized yet, but it's definitely being looked at very closely. I know I've talked with Ed McBroom about it several times over the last few years. We've seen this coming for quite a while, and with the push on to move to electric cars. Um, do electric cars have any different are they lighter weight do they have any different uh, effect that you're aware of on the roads i'm not aware if they're you know a lot more heavy than the you know your typical gasoline passenger vehicle but i know they have a lot of batteries that are, that are extremely heavy so they could be slightly heavier yeah i'm told the batteries make them very low heavy and somebody told me that actually you handle fairly well in the snow because of that i I thought maybe that's a boon for us up here. The only thing I've heard so far about the electric cars is um, from a fireman that stated if they catch on fire, they're extremely hard to put that fire out when they're an electric vehicle. Oh, I bet that's a thing. I will bet that's a thing. So, Kevin, how are you? Let's talk about some of the projects you have planned for Houghton County for this coming summer. I know it was a busy summer even before you had this problem over the last few weeks and some of the washouts and uh, destabilization caused by that really 
odd week of very enjoyable, otherwise warm weather. What do you have planned this summer? So we, we have a real busy uh, summer. I mean, we have about $8.7 million worth of work. Um, we were fortunate enough to get um, um, some earmark funding for Lakeshore Drive um, from M203 into the Calumet Township Park. Um, we work with Congressman Bergman to, to get that funding. That total project is about $1.4 million. Um, Obenhoff Road, we have an urban project there for $506,000. Um, we have guardrail being improved throughout the county for $608,000. Um, North Cloverland Road, um, we have an $893,000 project on that. We have damage from the Father's Day flood, a $4.2 million project on Lower Massey. So that'll be going across the highway. So everyone's going to have to be aware of that, that there'll be lane closures when that's being completed. And that'll start up in May here. And we've done over, we've got uh, over a million dollars worth of projects with the townships lined up. So um, it's going to be a real busy construction season for us. Absolutely. Uh, the Lower Massey Road near uh, near Chassel then. Correct. Yeah, that washed out uh, that hill coming down to US 41. So that'll be a that'll be a challenge for folks on US 41 at some point. So Yeah, that, they will. How challenging is it in an area like ours where there aren't frequently good, effective detours. How challenging is it to try to get people to where they're going while you're trying to work efficiently? Well, with, say, the last two years with the Houghton project that was going on, um, people were finding their own detours, and, and the county road system really took a beating. Um, people were using the Chassel, Painsdale, and the Paradise Road. Um, I'll the, confess, I was one. Yep. I, I was one, uh, just and and frankly, I did it because I knew that the detour area, that the, the regular detour and such, was being overstressed, and I thought, well, I can skirt further out around it. But yeah, you're right; it picks up the traffic in those areas too. Right, so. and and it really shows the, the wear on the pavement, and of course, um, the gravel shoulders. You know, we'd had to do a lot of repairing on that while that detour was uh, going on. So. Um, it's just hard with that amount of traffic coming through um, for people, especially local people. They know the ways around most of these construction projects. <laughs> yeah, but I know there are some areas out in the country where it's kind of a long ways way, uh, ways around. That's correct. I mean, a lot of times there's not a, a real good detour. We have a plan in place with MDOT if there's like severe accidents on the highway on which roads will allow them to detour on. Okay. Because some of our roads aren't designed to handle like heavy truck traffic. Um, so we don't allow those to be used for detours. Well, and some not only designed, but some of them go through residential neighborhoods and uh, uh, there are kids playing and things like that. You don't want them suddenly flooded with a whole bunch of heavy truck traffic. That's correct. We look at all those, you know, items to make sure, it, you know, it's the best available route. How many miles of road do you oversee? A little over 850 miles. So you're talking about repairing how many miles of that this summer? About five or six miles. So that would mean that you're working on about a 400-year replacement cycle or, well, 800. Anyways, you're not fixing a whole bunch of roads compared to what we have. That's correct. I mean, we we try to design a road to last 25 years, but in this area with a high, you know, freeze-thaw action occurring, they usually last around 20. Um, we, we should be probably repaving to keep everything up to real good condition. 
15 to 18 miles a year. And typically we're only able financially to pave a mile or two. Um, a lot of the projects this year are being done through grants and, and flood damage repairs. So um, you, most years we don't have that, that uh, financial funding available. So if somebody's looking at their road and wondering why it hasn't been repaved for quite a while, that would be the reason. That's correct. You'd love to do more, I assume. Right. If there is the funding for it, we'd like to be on that cycle where we could do that. Do you pave your own roads or do you have to contract them in? We do, a, like when we do the township work, we do all the preparation work, the ditching, the tree clearing, um, spreading of the gravel, and then we hire a contractor to do the paving. We do have a paver where we do small repairs, like when we replace cross culverts. Okay. Um, but mainline, we hire that, the paving out to a contractor. Culverts to be replaced this summer, do you have small projects like that in addition to what we talked about earlier? Um, we have quite a few culverts that we'll be replacing this summer, and I'm sure once the snow and everything dries up, we'll find more that we're going to be doing too. Yeah, because I got a feeling there'll be some damage given the water movement that we have had. Culverts don't handle that well sometimes. Yeah, that's correct. And a lot of times um, the culverts, have when they back up, if they're drive culverts, um, we have to physically remove them until the water drains. And then somebody can't get into, can't get down the road. They can't get into their driveway because uh, I, that was something I noticed after the Father's Day flood. There were an awful lot of driveway culverts that washed out. That that's correct. And and the and the drive culverts are the responsibility of the property owners. Some of them are neglected and old and rusted and collapsed. Um, and you know we're obligated to try to protect the road the best we can. So if the road gets threatened, we, you know we have to remove those drive pipes. Yeah, if somebody has a culvert over their driveway and it needs to be replaced, what's involved in doing that? Are there private contractors they can call who'll take care of that for them? That's correct. They would, and they also would get a permit from us, um, so we're aware of what they're doing and, and they make sure they're using the right material for culverts. Um, there's a lot of types of culverts we don't allow that aren't structurally sound enough to, to be in the roadway. Do they have to be appropriately sized for whatever ditch is there? That's correct. That's part of the permit process. Someone would go out to the site and look look at the uh, drive entrance and then let the property owner know what size pipe it would, needs to be in there. Are there people who don't realize that if you're working on your driveway, they need to check with you first? Um, there's quite a few that don't realize that, that we <laughs> see when we're driving around and it's usually just an innocent mistake. Um, but yes, any earth change in the right of way needs a permit from the road commission. Why is that so important? For drainage issues, um, also to make sure that, like, for example, a drive doesn't come into the roadway higher than the road. Um, so when we're plowing, we can't, we don't catch those with the wing and because that can really cause a dangerous situation when... Especially the concrete. Yeah, because the, the plows could spin out. Um, and if a car's coming the other way, um, it would not be uh, a, good, a good thing to happen. I certainly see fancy things on snow plows. These days, I see green lights, which uh, they told me when they put those in a few years ago were much more visible. And they certainly seem to be to me as I'm driving uh, in the dark. And the, the wing that comes out now on the side, has this been able to make your snowplow people more efficient? The, the visibility is good so people can see us better. Um, they, they did indeed say that the green lights are more visible in, in poor weather conditions. We have green lights on some of our trucks, not all of them yet. Um, as the lights break, we've been replacing them with green okay. lights. Um, 
the LED lights that are available now that we have that can shine on a wing to give the driver uh, better vision are drastically improved over the old lights. Let's talk about one other thing before we wrap things up here, Kevin Haru, and that's safety. Your crews are going to be out working on roads this summer, sometimes by the side of the road. Sometimes you'll have part of the road blocked. Sometimes you'll be out across the entire road. We really need drivers to take care of your people. That's correct. I mean, the, our our employees are trying to get the repairs done or the construction projects done as quickly and efficiently as they can. Um, and they're busy doing that task. And a lot of times they're not looking for the cars coming through the zone. So, I mean, you have to be aware of, you know, people moving around and we try to keep our employees as visible as possible with reflective clothing and so forth. Um, but just slow down through those construction zones and, and, you know, those people that are out working there could be your friends, family, um, and just give them the space. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. How are you? And hopefully all your projects go wonderfully this summer and everybody stays safe. Okay, thank you.